0: Welcome to Health Talks Now, bringing you the facts you need to keep you and your family well. We're happy you're tuning in today. Baptist Health is committed to providing compassionate, high-quality care that is centered on you. Listen to all of our podcasts to hear from Baptist Health physicians about the latest medical advancements and treatments, and get trusted information on timely health topics from our healthcare professionals. Whether you want to learn more about a specific condition or procedure, or find tips for living a healthy lifestyle, Baptist Health is here to help you become a healthier you.
1: Welcome back to another episode of Health Talks Now, a podcast brought to you by Baptist Health. October is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Breast cancer is the most common cancer in American women, except for skin cancers. It's estimated that in 2021, Approximately 30% of all new cancer diagnosis in women will be breast cancer. On average, a woman is diagnosed with breast cancer in the United States every two minutes, and there are an estimated 3.8 million breast cancer survivors in the U.S. alone. The good news is that 63% of breast cancer cases are diagnosed at a localized stage, which means there are no signs that the cancer has spread outside of the breast for which the five-year survival rate is 99%. This is in large part thanks to early detection made possible by mammograms. We know that mammograms save lives and are the most accurate method of breast cancer detection with the ability to detect breast cancer before a lump can even be felt. I'm sure we all probably know someone who's been personally affected by breast cancer, which is why today's episode is so important. I'm talking with Baptist Health OBGYN, Jean Nuz, about the importance of mammogram screenings. And I'm asking all the questions on your mind as you prepare for that first visit. Well, Dr. Jean Nuz, thank you so much for joining us today. October is Breast Cancer Awareness Month, so we are glad to have you on the show to talk through some of the common questions about women's annual visits and the importance behind having mammograms to kind of answer some of those frequently asked questions and break down some of the mystery surrounding someone's first appointment. So thank you so much for joining us today.
2: Happy to be here.
1: Well, let's get started by just addressing the annual women's wellness visit that folks should be having with their OBGYN, could you kind of give us a run through of how often that should be happening? Is it every year, every couple years, depending on age, and what exactly happens at those wellness visits?
2: Sure. Usually we see women yearly and we really just start off with talking and going through a woman's health history and then talking about any problems that are going on. We talk about a woman's menstrual cycle, talk about any depression, Mm -hmm. just any issues that may be happening in her life. We talk about healthy habits, exercise, diet, things like that. And then depending on her age, there are different screenings that are recommended. So usually we start mammograms, for example, at age 40.
1: Okay. And prior to that, so if someone is under the age of 40, is there a component of breast health as part of their annual wellness exam?
2: Yes, so we talk about breast self-awareness and trying to be familiar with your own breast. A lot of patients get nervous about changes in their breast, mm-hmm. and we talk about what's normal as far as hormonal changes throughout the menstrual cycle. Sometimes caffeine can cause the breast to be painful. We just want patients to be pretty familiar with their breast and be comfortable maybe in the shower, just checking their breast for any changes.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. So you mentioned that the first mammogram should start around age 40. What is the schedule thereafter? Does family history play a role into that? And what should folks expect as they age in terms of the frequency of receiving a mammogram?
2: So there's different guidelines, but generally patients will do mammograms in their 40s every year or every two years. After from 50 on, it's usually annually until a woman reaches an age where she may not feel that she would want to do treatments for a potential breast cancer. Say if a woman is 80 and right. she feels like, you know what, I really at this point in my life don't really want to have surgery. Don't. So Women can stop mammograms at an age, or the other guideline would be if they have likely 10 years of life expectancy, which is always difficult to predict. But generally, I would say between the ages of about 40 and 75 to 80, women will get mammograms.
1: Okay. And then if they have a family history of breast cancer, is there any reason they should start before the age of 40?
2: Yes, we always go through family history in a pretty detailed manner. Mm -hmm. And a lot of patients, if they have a breast cancer in a relative under the age of 50, they would qualify to do genetic testing. So those patients who have a genetic mutation are tested early, sometimes as early as age 25, If the genetic testing is negative, then we usually use the relative's age and subtract 10 years. For example, if a woman has, say, an aunt who had breast cancer at 45, we'll subtract 10 years and start that woman's mammogram at 35, even if her genetic testing is normal, just to kind of have that jump on it in case there's a gene that we haven't discovered or some other increased risk in that family that we want to find it sooner.
1: And is that genetic testing you're talking about, is that the test for the BRCA genes?
2: Well, BRCA is, BRCA1 and BRCA2 are some of the genes that are linked now to breast cancer, but there are other ones, PALP2, BRIP. So there's several genes now that we know that are linked to different cancers. What we do now is if somebody has any suspicious red flag, and we give everybody a questionnaire at their visit, and so if they have a yes in Mm -hmm. one of the about 10 questions that we ask them, then we go ahead and do the full panel of testing for genetic mutations. And that includes, it's about 30 genes that are known at this point in time and they're linked to multiple types of cancer, colon cancer, breast cancer, ovarian cancer, melanoma, Hmm. quite a few cancers. And some of them overlap like BRCA is the most well-known breast cancer gene mutation. And that is linked to breast and ovarian cancer. So women, may come in and have a family history of ovarian cancer and need testing, or she may have a family history of breast cancer or even melanoma. We're finding more patients that need testing and then finding more patients that then are high risk.
1: That's such an interesting point that you make because just from a patient's perspective, I would never think to mention things like a history of melanoma to my OBGYN necessarily. It just doesn't, in my mind, doesn't seem relevant, but that's such a great point to make for anyone listening that really the whole scope of anything health-related is relevant to mention to your healthcare providers.
2: Yes, definitely. And we try to do questionnaires and talk through, but you will find that patients will have just during our conversation say, wait a minute, I remember I have that aunt who, she did have a female type cancer. And sometimes we don't know exactly. Sometimes with relatives that may live far away or we may not have a lot of contact with, sometimes we don't know all the details, the age the person was diagnosed or the exact type of cancer. And that's frustrating sometimes for patients, but we usually just kind of err on the side of safety. If we are concern that it might be, say, an ovarian cancer or might have been the young breast cancer. We just have to go with the best information that we have.
1: Right. Yeah, that makes sense. So let's get into now some of the Kind of frequently asked questions that we can answer to demystify the mammogram process. I know there's sometimes some anxiety, some nervousness as folks lead up to that first appointment, say if at age forty or before. So let's answer some of these questions to help folks feel a little bit more comfortable. Let's start with probably the most common question is, are mammograms painful?
2: well, they're they're I wouldn't call them painful. It's a compression of the breast tissue between two kind of discs. And so the breast tissue is compressed, but it's just gently squeezed. The mammogram technicians do a great job of trying to make a woman very comfortable. It's a mixture of trying to make someone comfortable, but also getting the most breast tissue in the picture right. so that we don't miss anything. I don't find too many patients find it to be painful. They say, you know, it's a squeeze, it's a little bit of pressure, but definitely worth it.
1: Sure. So talk to us a little bit about the value and the importance of the mammogram, what exactly they're looking for and how that relates to getting back to you as the physician and how you might approach care.
2: So the value of a mammogram is basically that we can see inside of the breast and what we can see with mammogram is we can see things before we can feel them. It's estimated that you can see on a mammogram an early breast cancer up to 4 years before it would ever be felt. What they're looking for is kind of patterns. A breast cancer will tend to be an area that's darker and a lot of times it will have tissue that kind of comes out in rays, it will oftentimes pull on the surrounding tissue. That's why sometimes in advanced breast cancer, you'll see a woman would actually have dimpling of her skin on the outside because it kind of pulls in. There can also be clusters of calcifications, architectural disruptions. So there's a lot of things that the radiologists are looking for, but the big picture is that mammograms find it early. So a cancer, as we all know, can spread first to a lymph node and then to distant parts of our body, like our liver, our brain, our spinal cord. And if we find it early, it hasn't spread anywhere and that can be removed. And a woman will not be at risk for more advanced breast cancer, which could mean more need for chemotherapy, more surgery, recurrence of a breast cancer. Right. So it's all about early detection and finding that little spot.
1: Sure. So, what is the process like then for someone who has been seeing their OBGYN regularly? Maybe they turn 40 and it's time for that first mammogram. Is that something that usually goes through their OBGYN's office? Are they referred? What does that process look like for the patient?
2: What we try to do, we have 3D mammography in our office. We know women are busy, we know they have busy jobs, busy lives, and Time is is the issue for all of us. So we try at visits to try to have the mammogram done, even before the patient comes down the hall and sees me for the wellness visit. So that's a very common scenario. We also have women who maybe they live in Indiana and they want to go to the local hospital down the street. They've always gone there. That's fine. So women will go to hospitals, mammography centers, offices, The main thing is that they get it done. And so we just at that wellness visit, check in with them and say, did you have it today? If they haven't, if they have no plan, then sometimes we will just say, let's go down the hall and let's do that. Let's do the mammogram today while you're here and you're not doing something else. You're not too busy.
1: We'll be right back. It's easy to take healthy breast for granted until you have a concern like a lump or pain. At Baptist Health, We're here to support you and help you get an accurate, timely diagnosis if you have a breast health issue. Baptist Health provides several services for breast cancer screenings, including breast ultrasounds, mammogram screenings, and biopsies. To schedule a mammogram appointment near you, call 1-866-984-3619. We're back with Dr. Jean Nuz. I was reading a little bit and saw a question on Google that asked if you should schedule a mammogram with your menstrual cycle in mind. Should we?
2: I don't think you need to do that. I think, again, we're so busy. (laughs) Sometimes our menstrual cycles come at unusual times. And it's just too hard to schedule that, I think, in real life. Certainly, sometimes there will be times of the month, maybe right before a period, where they're going to be a little bit more tender. It's something you could consider if you find for your particular cycle that you're very tender at a certain time of the month. You could try to schedule at a different time, but you don't want to delay it and then a year goes by. So you want to stay on schedule is the main thing.
1: Sure. Well, let's get into some of the more practical questions. What should people be wearing to a mammogram? Does it matter? Do you have any tips or recommendations to make it a little bit easier?
2: Well, you can just wear whatever you would normally wear. We will have gowns. There's always going to be a private place to change. If you have, say, deodorant or perfume, we have wipes. You can wipe that off. So it's really, you don't have to make any special preparations as far as what you wear.
1: Okay. So you mentioned perfumes and lotions, that kind of thing, deodorant. Is that something folks should be cognizant of on the day of their mammogram not to wear?
2: I know the technicians do like to remove especially deodorant okay because it might show up on the mammogram but again they just have those little wet wipes baby wipes that you can wipe it off so you shouldn't be stressed about it it should be we try to make it as easy as possible
1: is it okay to drink caffeine before a mammogram you mentioned that caffeine could affect the breast tissue can you tell us a little bit more about that
2: caffeine is interesting because some patients will have very sensitive breast to caffeine, but a lot of people drink caffeine and have no problems at all. I don't think you need to change your routine on the day of the mammogram unless you are a person that has a very sensitive breast and you feel like caffeine makes it worse. With the mammogram on top of that, that might be too uncomfortable, but otherwise just do your normal daily routine.
1: What about medication, over-the-counter or prescription medication? Is there any reason people should be delaying taking that medication? Does it have any effect on the reading of the mammogram or are they okay to follow no, their typical routine? No, it, it shouldn't at
2: all. No, okay. No, but there's no problem if somebody wanted, if they felt like it was a little uncomfortable, they wanted to take something either before or after, but that's not typical and it wouldn't affect the reading of the mammogram in any way.
1: Okay. Let's talk about exactly what happens next. So you go to the appointment, you go through the process with the technician of having the pictures taken, then what? How long does it typically take to get the results of a mammogram and kind of what are those next steps once the results are in?
2: Everybody's going to do it a little bit different. The way we do it is a letter is mailed directly to the patient with results unless they are not normal they okay. would directly call the patient in some cases there is what's called a callback and that is where the radiologist has found an area that's denser mm-hmm. and they want to do perhaps an ultrasound perhaps what they call a spot compression mammogram where they really hone in on one area that they're concerned about that's going to be about four percent of mammograms typically. So we will call the patients with that and say, no need to panic, but there's an area where they're concerned about. The next step is to do an ultrasound and a spot compression mammogram. Ultrasounds really can differentiate cystic tissue from solid tissue, and cystic tissue is when there's a pocket of fluid. Okay. Um, so the ultrasound is very helpful. If they identify a cyst or a pocket of fluid, those are always benign. Okay. So that is a know. nice result to get back and sure. say, no worries. This is just a little deep cyst in the breast. It's not a mass. It's not cancer. You don't have to worry. Okay. But if that next step comes back normal, then the patient would just return for her next screening in a year. Okay. If that tissue or if that screen, if those images would be abnormal, the next step then would be a biopsy.
1: Okay. And then after that biopsy, say the worst case scenario happens and you do identify that it is cancerous tissue. At that point, would the patient be referred from your care over to an oncologist to start looking at treatment options?
2: Yes. We would usually bring the patient to the office and discuss the results. And then we would set them up for referral to a breast surgeon and an oncologist to discuss the next steps of treatment.
1: Say someone has gone through treatment and recovered and they're in remission. Does that have any effect on the frequency or the process of their mammograms going forward?
2: Yes. And we will also be working with the oncologists and the breast surgeons as far as what follow-up they want. They may want them to have screening at a six-month interval. They may want them to have an MRI of their breast to look in more detail at the breast tissue. So we will follow their recommendations.
1: And then... As far as COVID-19 goes, is there any evidence that the COVID-19 vaccine is affecting mammogram readings? Or is there any reason that women should be observing a waiting period between being vaccinated and then going on to have a mammogram?
2: Yes. Usually... It can because the COVID vaccination is given in the deltoid muscle of the arm, and your immune system, which is the lymph nodes near that area, are going to be working to make antibody. Those lymph nodes can be enlarged Uh for about a month after the vaccination. Okay. So we usually tell women to not do their mammogram for about 30 days from any vaccination. Be at the after the second, then wait another month. So it delays mammograms slightly, but not too much. And then that cuts down on them having to go back for more follow-up sure. because of the lymph nodes looking sure.
1: enlarged. And probably prevent some scares, false right. readings. Yeah. Definitely. Now, is that specific to the COVID-19 vaccine or does that apply to any other vaccination like the flu or, or any routine vaccination they may be receiving in that arm?
2: You know, I, we've never been advised to do anything differently in the past. It's just been this year. I've potentially any vaccine that's given on the arm could affect those lymph nodes. But okay. this has really been the first year that we've been really advised, I think sure. just because of the widespread vaccination. Sure,
1: right. That makes sense. That's going on. Sure. Well, is there anything else that you would like to add or questions that you may commonly get from your patients that you'd like to take this time to address or anything you'd like patients to know about the mammography process or the importance?
2: I think just not being afraid of it. We all, unfortunately, as women, we all have a about a 12% lifetime risk of breast cancer that increases as we get much older. That would be up to our 80th birthday. But sure. because it's something that is, relatively common that we see, we just encourage patients to stay up on their screening, try to really follow a healthy lifestyle. There's a lot of research that finds the more we eat a low-fat diet and exercise and maintain as close as we can to a normal body weight, that lowers our risk of breast cancer. So I always encourage patients to be proactive in their health and do things that we can do to prevent a breast cancer diagnosis, but also do their screening to look for any early changes.
1: Yeah. I think those screenings, sometimes folks can put them off no matter what type of screening it is. they The fear of getting the results can sometimes prevent people from having the screening done. And it's understandable that it can be scary to get those results back and to face your health head on, but it's also empowering. And it's also the best opportunity you have to address an issue while it's still a small issue.
2: I agree. And I know I do understand that fear and that avoidance, but it's certainly proven to lower the chance of dying of breast cancer. And that's right. the, the main thing we want to get across is that patients, we may experience a breast cancer diagnosis in our life, but yeah. we want to hopefully find it early, move through it, go on and live a long and healthy, happy life. So the best way to avoid a breast cancer that's spread is to do the screenings. Sure.
1: Well, thank you so much again for taking some time to talk to us today. I know it's been really informational and I think it's going to help a lot of people feel more comfortable and have those questions answered so that they can confidently go into their mammogram screening. So appreciate your time again today and look forward to hopefully getting to talk to you again soon. Thanks for tuning in today. If you found this episode helpful, share it with a friend or leave us a review wherever you're listening. For more information about breast health, mammography services, or women's care, visit baptisthealth.com. You can also find a provider near you using our online provider directory at baptisthealth.com provider. We'll see you right back here next time on Health Talks Now. Stay well.
0: Thanks for tuning in to Health Talks Now. Staying healthy is a lifelong commitment. And Baptist Health can provide the support you need to lower your risks, improve your quality of life, and protect your long-term health. Visit BaptistHealth.com to hear our other podcasts, learn about our services, and find more tips to help you stay a step ahead of your health. Baptist Health, be a healthier you. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon as medical advice. The content in this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. This podcast is not designed to replace a physician's medical assessment and medical judgment. Always seek the advice of your physician with any questions or concerns you may have related to your personal health or regarding specific medical conditions. To find a Baptist Health provider, please visit baptisthealth.com.